Great. So I'm here at the 50th uh, anniversary for uh, QSO VSO. I'm here with uh, Mr. John Coward. Um, and uh, John, can you tell me what, uh, what you did and where? I um, went as a volunteer to Nigeria in 1970. And uh, my wife uh, at the time and I uh, were placed in uh, northern Nigeria in Zaria. I was uh, um, a lecturer at uh, Amadou Bello University in the Department of Government and she was teaching at uh, the Advanced well, Teachers College in French. And tell me, what was life like yeah. at that time? Um, it was it was interesting listening to those other uh, women talking about their experience. It's like um, you arrive in the country and the first thing you feel is heat and then the next thing comes smells and then the next thing comes the color and so I guess to sum it up is you take every sense and you times it by a hundred and you have Nigeria wow how long was that for? The entire period of time. And that was 19... 1970 through 72. We arrived just at, after the end of the Biafran War. Mm -hmm. So there was a very heavy military presence everywhere. We, I think we went through about at least six roadblocks before we even got to the uh, place where we were going to do our initial training, country training. Did you feel safe? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, uh, an army brat, so I'm, I'm familiar with you know, being around people with guns and whatnot, so I didn't feel comfortable, uncomfortable. I, you know, safety, the sense of safety within the country varied from circumstance to circumstance. Overall, I felt totally safe. In certain circumstances, you start to really question. In an incident going across the border where they were... Um, the border guards were trying to solicit uh, dashes, and my wife, she wasn't going to have anything to do with it, and it, it ended up that a lot of the um, business people who were being held up behind us ended up paying our dash so we could get through the border. Mm. But um, that was probably the most intense time what were some of the challenges you encountered? Um, aside from roadblocks, you know, the challenges, challenges were in terms of my work. Um, I was younger 
I think, than all of my Great. students. Thank you very maybe much. maybe it's one or two students. Thank you for younger your than years of service. Why was that? And, uh, Most of them the are coming back to school, um, you know, coming back to get their degrees. Uh, yes, this is at the undergraduate level? Uh, yeah, I was teaching at the undergraduate level. And um, they were um, they were civil servants or teachers, uh, and so they were all coming back to get, uh, to get their degrees. So it was like... An interesting challenge for a younger person. In terms of authority, maybe. Um, I never felt that they questioned my authority. It's a, it's just an awkward cultural situation to be in. Right. But uh, the challenges every day, challenges of starting to learn how to be uh, flexible and resilient to. So that's a little different. You know, the circumstances, exactly. and the water would go off, or the, ha but the, some of the power would go out. And, and, you know, you just, all of a sudden, you just learn how to live with it mm -hmm. and adjust to it. And when those women were talking about uh, the frustration of uh, here where we expect service, and in Nigeria, you, ju you just expect to wait, and you get comfortable waiting. You know, when they talked about people not being on seat, nobody was on seat, and uh, it was the whole, the whole question of um, their response, you know, a person's responsibility um, around their work. It was a different cultural uh, conception of it that, that we were bringing from our own uh, uh, social environment. So, uh, how did that how did that change you? I guess then you, you learn to be a lot more patient. <laughs> you, yeah, and you know, and you start to uh, focus on other things and the richness of other things, and you start to put your you know sort of like Western notions of. Uh, of how things should be going, <laughs> you, you have to put it aside. You have to put it aside and you have to adjust. So did you feel like you, you sort of had a better sense of what some of those Western notions were after experiencing something that was decidedly non-Western? Yeah, well, you got a better sense of, you know, what you had come from. You certainly had a better sense of what you had come from. Uh, after living in Nigeria for even a few months, you start to really see the contrast. And um, when you're looking ahead, you know, you're looking ahead, you've got two years of this, and you better learn how to, you know, to adjust, cope, and embrace. Um, if you're going to make this a really positive experience. And I love the experience. Nothing in my life has shaped me more than those two years. Can you tell me a bit more about what what that has been like? Well, you, you know, you learn, um, you learn what's important in life. Your, your values get, your values get um, challenged. And, and you learn how to, to, you learn, I think you learn how to embrace uh, them within the context of others. And uh, I had a real difficult time uh, coming back and 
settling in here. I found that um, I came back to do my PhD at the University of Toronto and I've asked to six months. I couldn't take the professor's sense of knowledge that they really had knowledge because what I'd learned when I went to Nigeria was I had no knowledge <laughs> and, um, and then the attitudes of students here contrasted with the attitudes of my students in Nigeria where they were absolutely um, interested in learning and uh, challenging knowledge and seeking it etc. Whereas trying to you know fit into an academic environment here, where students from you know, learning was on a very on a much lower level of their primary reasons for being around the place. So I found it very difficult, you know, coming back in, and, and it changed my. Um, Perception in terms of what I wanted to do here and I couldn't fit into a quote unquote academic mm -hmm. situation. And I became much more of an Wow, so you, you started off, you came back and you almost became a PhD, and now what do you do instead? Now I'm yeah. retired. I'm an old retired man. Oh, what have what have you been doing? What did you do? What did you do instead of doing a PhD? Well, after you know, after I um, did. I walked away from the academic pursuit. I, uh, I did international education work. Um, I was an animator for, uh, for British Columbia in, in organizing international work and set up IDERA, which was an international education association. I worked with the Southern African Action Coalition and we organized the the uh, South African and Portuguese uh, liquor boycott back in the 70s, which was the first governmental boycott of South African products in the world. And, um, and then I went on to other pursuits. I became a railway worker for a while and worked with uh, youth who were unemployed. And that's, it's quite a journey. Yeah, it was a long journey. Tell me, tell me if if someone were to ask you, which I'm about to do, uh, if you had one exciting story to tell somebody, you say, give me a story about Nigeria and your experience there and in your two years. What would you say? Is, what, how would you entertain people? Give me, give me an entertaining story. I think the yeah, I think the, uh, the best story would be about dancing. And uh, going out to the uh, uh, to the bars, the wine bars, etc. Different type of wine. It's palm wine there. Mm -hmm. And um, and then the music, constantly music. When you're going through the uh, through the uh, markets and listening to uh, music being played. Um, there was like a, a, a motion, um, a, a body motion, 
of a dance all the time. That's what Nigeria was all about. It was like a big dance. Just a big dance. That's for two years. For two years, yeah. Yeah, people knew how to have fun. And it's not to say that the country didn't have its problems. And there wasn't conflict and whatnot. But people knew how to rise above it and have fun. It's fantastic. Yeah. John, thank you so much for, for sharing your story with us today, and, and thank you for your service. Much appreciated. Thank you.